afford me needs to waste time winning me to some cause. I serve no god or country. I fly no flag. If I'm effective, it's because of one simple fact. I don't give a fuck. Hey everybody, welcome back to another sweet, sweet episode of Citizen Frame. And today, we are talking a new release. So if you haven't seen it, well, fuck it, keep, you know, keep listening. But, <laughs> but actually, it's quite a simple, kind of a simple plot here. There's not much to spoil. Yeah, there's not much to spoil. It's but a killer, and he wants to get revenge before they get revenge on him. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty much the story. Uh, quite simple, and usually uh, with our boy stuff, it's a little more uh, twists and turns, and you'll have a little more character development in his stuff. It's very character-driven director, um, but uh, this one's a little more laid back, and you know what? It works, and we're going to talk about it. The Killer, the new Netflix film that has just been released, and uh, before we start, we're going to talk about our boy David Fincher. Now, David Fincher is uh, like a Michael Bay when he came from, I believe, music videos. Like, I think a lot of directors come from music videos, to be honest with you. Yes. And we just talked about recently about uh, how directors have become guns for hire. Now, there's still quite a few directors out there that we give respect to and nod our hats to that we like to see. But at the end of the day, we're losing our cores. We're losing our Coppola's. Just recently, I lost our freakings. We're losing, you know, uh, sadly, the Spielbergs, the Lucases, you name it. Guys who say, fuck you, I do what I want. Yeah. Tarantino has stated his next film will be his last, you know? Yeah. Yep, he did. Um, so, but knock on wood, you know. <laughs> this is Kiss's last tour. Yeah, you know. <laughs> I mean, we know how that usually goes. Yeah. I'll tell but, the next one. But I'm a... I'm a, I'm a I, but David Fincher is still one of those directors, and he's still fairly young, actually. So we'll still have him for a good a good time here, and I think he gets what he wants at this point. He's got a very um, Michael Mann style to his storytelling. Uh, he has a tendency to create these fictional fantasy-esque characters in a world that we can see play out in real life. And he's got a very, uh, especially this film, mimics a lot of Michael Mann's, uh, well, he does Thief, he's done Heat, Michael Mann, but this one really hits clo- more close to his movie Collateral with Tom Cruise and Jamie Foxx. Um, yeah, because it's an assassin, but it's about an assassin that you should hate. But there's a likability to these characters, even the villains that he puts in. Like we kind of mentioned that with Tarantino. You'll have this seedy underworld in his films with these, uh, what are, you know, just... Criminals. Yeah, where it's kind of like watching them on screen. And they're not the cartoon, you know, like the Joker that we get, where you're going to like him either way. You yeah. almost shouldn't want to like him. Well, it, it, it boils down to good writing and acting, ultimately. Um, you know, where they're actually proper, fully rounded human characters with good points and bad points, like people are. 
Well, this was, you know, it's funny you bring up the writing. You're right. This is one of my favorite screenwriters wrote this. And he's a collaborator quite quite a bit with David Fincher. His name is Andrew Kevin Walker. Um, he's known for Seven, Panic Room, and my favorite. Well, he didn't work with David Fincher on this one, but Sleepy Hollow. Yes, great film. And so he he brings that darker edge uh, to this, and of course uh, Fincher's uh, Fincher's uh, vision as a director. Then he always puts in Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross to do all the scores. Um, yeah. I mean, obviously, we all know Trent Reznor from Nine Inch Nails. And uh, yeah, they haven't all worked together in a little bit in a little while yet. In a, in a little while, but uh, man, David Fincher, I have to say, is probably easily in my top top ten directors of all time. Well, he's made some great films. Now, the two I will not, I hate to mention because I think they're shit, which is Benjamin Buttons with oh, Jesus. And that was just an Oscar grab. Sorry, yeah. David Fincher, if you're listening. <laughs> and Fight Club. Well, I haven't seen Benjamin Button, but um, I'm a fan of Fight Club. I like it. Yeah, a lot of people do. Uh, but I'll tell you what, guys, the rest of his, his work is outstanding. Yes, I'm a diehard fan of Alien 3. Um, I seven, like Alien 3 as well. Seven, The Game, Gone Girl, Zodiac, I think is his best work. Uh, the Girl with a Dragon Tattoo, a remake, which is actually better than the original. And, of course, I just mentioned Panic Room. I mean, that, that's, a, that's a great list of, uh, of uh, that's a catalog right there that's worth, you know, having and owning. Absolutely, yeah. Um, yeah, um, you know, Seven's um, very dark and sort of grim stuff and, you know, really like um, Fight Club. But, yes, I have to say, I've always stood up for Alien 3. I think it's grossly underrated. Yeah, especially if you see the director's cut. Yeah. Again, David Fincher's first film was Alien 3, so he probably had a lot of interference from the producers. Yes. But when you see the director's cut, it's a lot better. So it goes to show you, Fincher had the right idea, but blackballed by uh, the boys in the in the suits. Uh, this is based on a graphic novel. Didn't know that. I think that's kind of cool. What am I checking it out? There you go. Yeah. It went to go, oh, the graphic novel, so you guys can run. Because thanks to Citizen Frame, we let you know that this is based on a graphic novel series <laughs> that you can now go get at your local uh, comic book store. Yep. Yeah. And while you're there, grab Phantasmagoria as well. <laughs> there you go. If you're in Belfast. Wow, that's a yeah. shameless plug. Yeah, I know that. They're shameless self promotion. But not just, you know, groups promotion. There's many oh. of us in it. <laughs> Embarrassment to Citizen Frame. <laughs> Bullshit. <laughs> um, I want 100 quid for that. <laughs> all right here we are we're talking the killer uh again low nice quiet little uh cast here we've got uh, pretty much the characters the killer the expert the lawyer the client uh the brute and then dolores and uh is it uh was it maglia yes and then per leo the taxi driver <laughs> yeah uh, yeah but to be fair you know he he sort of well, I sort of felt sorry for I him. don't think he deserved it. Well, we'll just, let's dive yeah, into it. He didn't deserve talk. to be shot in the face, like, or shot in the back <laughs> of the head. You know, but uh, he was a dick, like, as well. But, yeah, I mean. <laughs> uh, we'll start off with just the smooth credits. The credits are, like, 30 seconds long. He just gets right to the point who's involved in this film, and he's done with Trent Reznor's and Atticus Ross's little style. Um, it was just so solid and just brings you right into it. It's almost like it almost plays like a heartbeat. Yeah, um, and the heartbeat is quite relevant in this film because the main character, the killer, played by the wonderful Michael Fassbender, he has this way of he's got to keep his heart rate below sixty before he can take a shot. Yes, 
because it keeps the shot smooth and steady or whatever. Well, he's, he's a very methodical person. Well, that's the great thing about this film. The first 20 minutes of this film, it's pretty much the day in the life of an assassin. And it pretty much brings you into his world what it feels like if you're ever in this kind of uh, situation. Stripped back as well, which is a sort of thing with um, Fincher's f- um, films, you know, where it's, you know, it's, you know, it's quite basic. There's no big elaborate sets or anything like that. Can I just, sorry, randomly give a, a shout out to The Game, which is another brilliant film, Bam? I mentioned that in the beginning. Oh, did of the you? Sorry. <laughs> sorry. Between your, you know, shameless self promotion of Phantasmagoria magazine and you not listening to when I already mentioned the game, wow. I, don't I was, know ju- I was too busy thinking about my plug for the wow. bag. Wow. <laughs> shameless. <laughs> shameless. <laughs> so wow. Hard. Yeah, the game is. Is, is definitely up there. And the funny thing is, I wanted to watch this because I've seen it three times. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. And the first time I was like, no, oh, this is pretty good. Yes. The second time was like, I got to see if this is my favorite Fincher film. That's what I had to do. I said, right? okay, this is teetering. This is probably my favorite. But then you got to watch it again because, A, for the podcast, I want to take notes. But yeah. I wanted to watch it again because, you know how sometimes you love Seven. Seven's, you know, I yes. don't love, think that's his best work. But yet, if so, it's older so you've seen it so many times. Still love it. Yeah. But you, but it's because something's fresh and new, you have a tendency to make, make that your go-to. Well, I have issues with this, but we'll get to them. Uh, well, my whole thing is, do I think this is his best film? Because I'm telling you right now, it's fucking, it's, I think it's a masterpiece in filmmaking. And I just, the style and the cuts and the pacing, the first 20 minutes, like we were talking about, you would, some people might sit there and yawn. No, this is boring. But you're not. Michael Fassbender has that hypnotic voice. He pretty much just narrates. I suppose he's a great screen presence. So exactly. He um, he's 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 playing a lot like his character in. Um, oh my God! I'm gonna. How do I not know it uh, from Prometheus? Yes, David. 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 He, he plays a lot yeah. like Dave. Very robotic. I love David. I think he's the best thing about those um, Prometheus films. You know, and the other one, the sequel to it. Yeah, Covenant. Yeah. Um, two actually underrated films, especially Covenant. So, uh, yeah, so he takes you through his whole life, and I just love the little things. I just love how he talks about 150, like he says, uh, 140 million be- uh, human beings are, are born um, every year, give or take. Uh, the world population is 7.8 billion. Every second, 1.8 million die. In that same second, 1.2 million are born. Nothing I ever do is going to make a dent in these numbers. Yeah, he's cold, emotionless. Yes. And that's what he talks about. He tells you, this is who I have to be. He's without humanity, even. He just, this whole, and it's 20, about 20, 20 22 minutes long. And he, he, he's kind of self-confident. He's methodical. He's well-planned. He is, uh, he says, to stick to your plan. Anticipate, don't improvise. No room for empathy. Exactly. Fight the battle you're only paid to fight. Yes. Weakness is a vulnerability. And when he says that, he pauses, he takes a shot, and he misses. Yes, yeah. Why does he miss? It's just pure, uh, well, it's, um, our, we all make mistakes, even someone as sort of methodical as him. But it wasn't really his fault, because just by chance, the sort of, I'm assuming it's a prostitute, you know, dressed yep. in all the BDS um, AM stuff, Yeah, uh, she basically just, 
happens to just walk in front of his shot. You know what's funny? I, I, I watched, like I said, a few times. So this whole sequence, he has him in the crosshairs. Yes. But because he sticks to his routine, which he says you must do, he has to get his heart rate below 60. So he's waiting for his heart rate, uh, heartbeat to go below 60 for him to take the perfect shot. Mm-hmm. And that's why he waited. Because we keep seeing him. He's got him in the crosshairs. It's his own sort of, um, you know, sort of OCD-esque routine that has actually um, made him make a mistake. Exactly. In the end. Exactly. Now, the minute he takes that shot, he fucking just gets up and gets going. Mm-hmm. I love how he uh, gets rid of the weapon, how he gets rid of uh, bits and pieces, sprays everything down, not panicking. Why well, he panics a little bit when he's the motorbike won't unlock. Yes. And it's just the whole escape because he knows he has to get out of there now. Not because he knows what's coming because of what the story is about to be. Yeah. But because of the people across the street. They know his guardsmen are going to know that came from across the street. Can, can, can I just say as well, regarding yeah. his sort of coldness and all that sort of thing, later on it's revealed that he was once um, a law student and it is pretty common knowledge that basically the legal um, profession is basically cold and brutal and ruthless. So I think I think that was a nice touch actually because he'd be perfect in that sort of world. You know what I mean? Because it is a, a cold and clinical and heartless profession apparently. Um, so yeah, I, I thought that was a nice touch where it's it sort of it, it adds to his character and you know who he is essentially. You know, if he wasn't a killer, he would be perfect in the legal profession. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't catch that actually. That's a good yes. shout because yes. It's a dog eat dog world in, in that kind of uh oh oh in that, in that kind of, yeah yeah career yeah. So when I said in the beginning, it's a simple story. It quite is, but it's more about the execution of that story. And all it is now is that he know he knows he has to get back home to his hideout, pretty much grab his girlfriend and go. He's going to be on the run for now on mm-hmm. because he's missed the shot, and now the client is going to want him. Yes, taking it, take That's it out the way it is. Just, yeah, he knows it. He know he knows he's fucked. Mm-hmm. So I just love. I just love the whole sequences when he's gets gets on the airplane and he sees a guy wearing shades right there. He'll God, he's out to get me. Mm-hmm. So he changes flights um, to when he orders room service, not to eat, but to take the tray and the glass and use them as an alarm system. Yes, yes. Uh, you know. It's just brilliant. And then when he finally makes it to his, uh, which is, uh, I believe, chapter two. Yes. He get, is the hideout, which mm-hmm. is in, uh, in Dominican Republic. Yes. And he sees his girlfriend pretty much beaten to death. And the one thing about this is you see her in the hospital, and she, she tells him, I didn't say anything. You would have been proud of me. Never met this girl. Don't know who is even playing her. But I'll tell you what, I felt so sorry for her character. And well, I've never are, seen her for one scene. Yeah, it um, did irk me, but they, they, for you know, we we'll f- find out um, later on that it's the brute and the Tilda Swinton character who called. Um, but if they were such good assassins, why did they even leave her alive? That uh, I know it was the brute decided. Uh, well, according to Tilda Swinton's character, anyway, um, you know it was him that decided to get rough with the girlfriend character. But you know these these are supposed to be clinically you know cold assassins. I am very surprised um, that they left her alive. I wonder if they did that on purpose 
to beat him. No, nah, no. Nah. I think no, it's just, I just I think it's for the script, just to give him an emotional some some sort of emotional sort of reason to be out. It would have been, put it like this here for me anyway. If they had killed his girlfriend, it would have given him even more reason for revenge. But they don't, for whatever reason. Yeah, but I think it hurts the story for me. I don't think so. I think it's the opposite because you get so sick of these films where you kill my good dog, like John Wick, or you kill my girl, my family, yeah. like The Punisher, or all these different stories where you kill, I'm going to get revenge. This one, I liked it more because it, yeah, they fucked up. Mm-hmm. So they, they fucked up by not killing her. They didn't know they did. They probably thought they did kill her. So, but you're right. The, they most likely these guys in their line of work would have crossed their teeth and dot their eyes, especially Tilda Swinton's character, the expert. She's she's known yes. as the expert. But what I liked about it, you saw the aftermath of what they're what these people are capable of. Yeah. So if you see that, it'd be more heart wrenching to see a dog in pain with broken legs and blah blah than the actual no the dog's dead. Let's move on. Yeah. I think this is more of an instigator mm-hmm. because. It's brutal. I mean, she's she's scarred. Our injuries are very realistic. Yeah. So I think that's what he was going for. Yes. Yeah. Um, uh, well, yeah, the, the sort of, a, I don't know, I suppose, you know, because, the, the, I mean, when the word is a character, more so there is a sort of human sort of, you know, um, emotion in a way, a sort of um, emotional connection because she's actually living and breathing and you sort of get the word in a way. Ex- but, that's my point. Exactly. Yeah. Because there's a big difference between... They kill a dog or they kill a person. Man, these guys are bad guys. We got to get them. But yeah, and, and then you move on. But, at, at the same but, time, yeah, I, I did. It did sort of take away from the the Tilda Swinton character and the brute for me because it just um, made them less of a threat because they can't even kill a fucking innocent civilian. You know, um, you know. So mm, yeah, I mean, yeah, they still right. sort of get away with it, but you know. But I, I, I'm sort of. Picking at holes here, you know. Yeah, you are. But yeah, you know, that's what Something. I do. Like to do. You know? Oh yeah, you know. Mm-hmm. Oh, dick. <laughs> um. So let me get to this. So how do you how does he pick what cab company? He he basically um whatever the the witnesses I think is it the brother um say said it was a cab um drove them away. From um, it's his brother-in-law. Do you remember? Or yeah, sorry. but he sees, but he sees all these different cabs. How does he know what cab company? Yeah, they. they I think it was the brother-in-law said they were green or something. He he said that the type of cab company he there was like something that give away. Okay. Their, you know, like their their color of cab or something. I okay. think I could be wrong on that. Do you think he should have killed the cabbie? Um, from a human point of view, no. But from a story <laughs> point of view and a character point of view, it's uh, yes. Yeah, you have to all bets are off. Yes, anyone involved is going to get it. It raises stakes uh, yeah. with him as a character, and the audience takes him more serious. Yeah, and meaning everyone's going to get it. Mm-hmm. Which which will come to my question at the very end of the film with the client. So you've got. I do like. Did you, did you catch the credit cards he's using? Yes, they're um, like um, they, they were like nineteen eighties, nineteen seventies, um, basically TV characters, weren't they? Yeah. Like Sam Os- Malone from Cheers S- and stuff. Sam Malone, Howard Cunningham, Oscar yes. Madison. Yes, uh, I, I fucking love that. Yeah. So he gets the information. Um, he needs to 
to find out who the actual killers were or yeah. the attempted killers. Um, so he goes to the boss. He, he's got to go to New Orleans, uh, which is where the lawyer is, lawyer and Dolores. Yes. Now this lawyer's got like this. This lawyer is badass because yeah. knowing what could happen here. He's calling him out. He's like, you know the rules. This is how it works. I didn't make the call, but you know. You you wouldn't be here if you didn't know yep. that this this wasn't going to happen. So, And you still went home. Mm-hmm. Why the fuck did you go home? Mm-hmm. Um, so it's really great conversation between these two. And, and actually, he, he doesn't say much, Michael Fassbender. And Dolores is tied up at the time. She's the secretary. And when he shoots him with the three nails, I would say as well um, that this is um, again where the character makes another mistake and starts to show sort of weaknesses and flaws, human flaws, because he, he sort of times how long it will take him to die because he wants to get information out of him, but he gets it he gets it wrong as well. Yeah, yeah. I I don't know if that's just. It seems like each one besides the, the helpless, the taxi guy didn't see a lot of times, but everyone he goes after that is uh, a threat, I guess you can say, he seems to kind of make a mistake. We'll get it with the brute, which is well, the best scene in the film. Yeah, it's basically um, this film overall is about the killer Michael Fassbender's journey to becoming more human. And yes, it's a, it's a, it's a bit of a cliche, and it's a trope. But these are little sort of moments where we see glimpses of his humanity by making mistakes. Um, you know, whereas at at first, before he makes the first mistake in the assassination, he is you think this guy's a fucking robot. This is he. This guy's a Terminator. You know. Um, but that's it's basically about his journey from the beginning when we see him to becoming human again. I think the human side started the minute he missed that shot. Yes, definitely. Because it, it is the hunter becoming the hunted. Yeah. Um, or at least for the first a few until he decides to challenge them. Yes. But so, yeah, once he becomes kind of the hunted and he that's where his more human side starts to kick in. And that might explain the ending yeah. with the client. So when he kills and he takes Dolores and Dolores gets him the names, this is where he finds out the brute and the expert were the ones who pretty much handled his girlfriend. Yeah. And he kills Dolores, breaks her neck. That that was a very brutal scene because I sort of she was she was just like a sort of um, like a sort of middle aged sort of nice little secretary. Yes, she worked for this bastard, you know, when she was she was sort of involved in all of this, but she was still quite the sort of the way she's played and sort of written, she's still quite a sort of uh, an, uh, an ordinary sort of nice wee woman type character. Yeah, I, she does have that secretary. And I thought about this quite a few times. Did she deserve it? And I'm saying, fuck yeah. <laughs> because I'll tell you why. It's a good she, scene. It's a good scene. And she knew. Oh, she, oh yeah. She was up there she, necking it. She was, she was up there just as bad as the lawyer. Yeah. So in all fairness, mm-hmm. that's it. Yeah. Now, I knew he was going to kill her. There's no way he was going to let her Yeah, I just I wasn't expecting it at that moment, you know? Yeah, it breaks her neck and she flops down the stairs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this leads us to Chapter 4, which can, is Sorry, Florida. can I just go back a little bit? There's a really funny line um, where they're taking out his boss's body for, with Dolores in the lift. And somebody gets into the lift and goes, want a hand up on that dead body? <laughs> and oh, go, yeah. He goes, <laughs> you know? <laughs> 
There is a there is probably some, the only humor in this film. Uh, there's a couple of them that he that he says, um, but I mean, yeah, it's very far few between. Very deadpan. Very. But yeah. I like how he listens to the Smiths, by the way. Yeah, he has them going the whole time. Yeah, even while he's doing a hit. Mm-hmm. Now he goes to the Brutes' house. Uh, the choreography in this fight scene is fucking awesome. Yes, it is one of the better fight scenes I've seen in a long time. Two guys, two professionals fighting. And I mean, oh, it's, it's hardcore. The pain I was feeling both these guys' pain as they took hits. It's very realistically done. Yeah. Um, obviously, he gets away, but I can't explain it, guys. Can't do it justice, but just watch it. Um, this guy, the brute, is just, just, just a brutal character. <laughs> Hence his name. Um, and his dog's just as bad. Uh, <laughs> but he doesn't kill the dog. The pet bird. Yeah, again, that's another glimpse of his humanity. He doesn't kill the dog. And, yeah, because it would have killed him. Mm-hmm. Um, so he still doesn't. I'll just hope that he's weak as fuck because that guy almost kicked his ass. Mm-hmm. But uh, that was great. Mm-hmm. Then we end up going to Chapter 5, which is the expert. Anything Tilda Swinton is in, I love. She's I love this good. actress. Uh, she plays cold well. Yeah, she, but she, I mean, she even or sort of the, or the look of her is very almost alien. If you know what I mean, it's it's she, she doesn't she looks quite sort of very different, and that helps with these sort of cold weirder roles, a hundred percent. Like, yeah, I believe she was in Constantine too, and she was really good in that. She's she's done. She just there's, there's something about her. She's a well, well. I mean, I think she's underrated. Yes, no, I think she's, very, she's a class act. I think she could. She plays moms. When I see her as moms, I'm like what? That's no way. This is not gonna. This can't <laughs> play a mom. But then you see her and she pulls it off. Yeah. So it's she's just such a versatile actress. Um, well, when she comes underrated. in, it's the. I mean, it's it's a brilliant sort of back and forward between the two of them. Brilliant scene. Oh, I love it. It's just it's it reminded me of the scene where Robert De Niro and Al Pacino. I hate him. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And so yeah, she sits. He sits down, and she she's just questioning him. Why are you here? Mm-hmm. You could make me fall down the stairs, hit me by a kite, hit and run, whatever you wanted yeah. to. Why are you here? Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, he doesn't really answer it, does he? No, but I think it's more because, again, it's to do with his return to being a human. He's curious, and he wants to look at her face-to-face. Uh, again, I think it's part of his personal character journey. Yeah. Maybe he just wants to look her in the eyes. That, that as well, maybe, that's a possibility, but again, I think it's more his, he's starting to show humanity more. Well, that's my point. Maybe, besides the brute, because the brute is just a fucking beast. He's just a brute. He didn't have a chance <laughs> to say anything to him, but with her, I think he wanted to look her in the eyes to see if there's any humanity there. Yeah. Because he's starting, like you said, is starting to become more human, mm-hmm. and his emotions are starting to take over a bit. Yes. So I think he was trying to give her an out, technically. Because even when he's walking her out of the restaurant and she slips and falls and she goes, oh, would you help a lady up? She's and he shoots her them. right in the head. Yeah. He was still probably with her having that conversation. But what we don't see and he sees is a knife. Yeah, she had a knife. It, it was an act. Yes. So then he, and then his narration ends with trust no one. Yep. Mm-hmm. So... Let's get to the final mark, the mark, and this is the man who made the call to have him killed. 
Yes, yeah, so this is the, the. It was the client who had um, arranged for him to kill the guy at the start, but then he bollocked it up. So then his boss and this client guy um, arranged to have the fastbender killed. So when he does that, is it? Um, Arliss Howard. I like him. I like seeing him films. Yes. He's a good character actor. He plays the clueless guy well, and. He tells him, I don't know what you're talking about. And then he finally realizes who he is. Mm-hmm. And he goes, listen, I made a call. They said this is what they do. Then they call me back when something went wrong. And they offered $150,000. they will take care of it. And that's all I know. Yeah. He's like a billionaire sort of corporate sort of Jeff Bezos yeah. type person. Yeah. yeah. Why doesn't he not kill him? Um, well, this is his journey to being human. I, I knew this. This is one of my big issues with the film. I, I I found too much of this. While it is very well produced, amazingly acted, um, and it's very slickly directed, as you would expect from Fincher. My issue is the story. Essentially, it was very predictable, and it was uh, it was it was pretty obvious that he was going to spur someone at the end I actually originally thought it was going to be Tilda Swinton but then it's not, it turns out it's this client guy but I thought it was pretty I've seen this a million times with these assassin type films where they return to humanity and spur someone and that's their sort of arc complete where they, where they spur a life you well, know? I, what's wrong with that? I'm okay with that we no, saw, the, the, we but, saw one, of the, one of the better films called The Professional and I, I think beyond, that yeah. I thought I thought that's what I wanted because the whole journey, he's tweaking a bit, yeah. right? And he's yes. becoming a little more, of you know, uh, human, like we said. But what I liked about it, because he, like I said in the beginning, you like this character, mm-hmm. even though you shouldn't. And at the end, you kind of can go, okay, good, I can like him. Because nope. he, he, he didn't kill the nerd. I, I agree with what you're saying to a certain extent. The problem is, it's just I would, would have preferred, especially from someone like Fincher, something to completely different you know um this where you can have something like you know like an american psycho where at the end he goes there is no catharsis i'm fucking i'm, I'm still a bastard you know this sort of thing um you know maybe even some just some different you know i cannot flaw this film in terms of direction acting all the rest but the story is um has been done a million times before and it was predictable that, that's right, what well, i would say i disagree with the predictability part um well he's live with the ending um, but it's like I said even in the beginning. The story is quite simple. Yeah. So we all. Um, so I introduced that right away. Let people know. But it's about the execution. Pardon the pun. <laughs> and I'll tell you what. I was floored by it. I really enjoyed it. I didn't want it to end. Mm-hmm. I just want to see more des- designations and him going out taking out people. But we weren't going to get that Hollywood style. That's yes. Not Fincher's. Yes, of course. That's not what. That's not what Fincher does. He tells the story and gets out. It's two, just under two hours long, and it, it just flies. And you think it would be kind of boring and quiet, but it is the the day. Uh, it, it's just so good. It's not boring I, due to the the great performances and stuff, and the, you know these characters, the believability of you know these characters, the way they're performed and stuff. And you know, Fassbender's a class act. So Tilda Swinton, you know. Um, but yeah, I mean, it just. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love a good sort of character study, you know, uh, which is essentially what this is. Um, but um, it certainly isn't, you know, sort of born. It's a slow burn, and that's fine. But yeah, I did. I have to be honest and say I did find it predictable, especially as we went towards the end. That's fine. Yeah. Um, to each their own. Mm-hmm. Dick. <laughs> so, 
Yeah, so I, now I'm battling. Is it my favorite venture? It's not my favorite venture. It's not mine. Um, Fight Club would be mine. Okay, great. You like the piece of shit one. That's fine. <laughs> um, so I'm still... See, venture's so good because I like them all. You can have a box set of all this stuff and enjoy them all. I'm still Zodiac. It's probably his best. That's decent. Uh, Zodiac, decent. Fuck off. Zodiac's fucking brilliant. <laughs> it's pretty good, yes. Oh, my God. Well, you didn't have enough killing. And <laughs> I wanted torture porn. And I wanted this. And I don't like torture porn. Where's Doctor Who? <laughs> he, he wa- there was nobody from Doctor Who in it. <laughs> right. I, I don't like torture porn. But my favorite uh, feature film is Fight Club. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, fine. Yeah. Okay. <sighs> oh, this has been a dreadful podcast. Not at all. All right. Now, listen, we're going to wrap this one up, guys. Listen, if you want to give us a shout out on Citizen Frame underscore podcast, which is on Instagram, and on Facebook, you can do so. And uh, that's all I have to add. So get ready. It's Christmas month coming up. As Naughty Holder once famously said, it's Christmas. There you go. That was my Naughty Holder impression. Who's that? Slade. You know that song? At the start of when he shouts, it's it's Christmas. Oh, okay. I'm surprised he didn't recognize it straight away. So good was my impression. Yeah, that was brilliant. (laughs) Thank you. Wow. Just call me Michael Fassbender. Oh, boy. <laughs> um, all right, guys. Have a good one. And check out The Killer. Because it's a great film. And even though Trevor thinks it's a piece of shit. Which I you did just not said, say that. just said it was a piece of shit. I can't believe you called it a piece of shit. Bullshit. Wow. Wow. Now it's bullshit. <laughs> wow. No, you're talking bullshit again. All right, guys. <laughs> have a good one. We'll talk to you later.